Breaking into the industry, this week on The Wild Loop. Visit our website at thewildloop.net where you can find our blogs and bios, as well as connections to our Facebook, Twitter, and email contacts. Email us and let us know your thoughts, and we may read your comments or answer your questions on the show. The Wild Loop starts now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Wild Loop. Jared. And today we're going to get right into our topic. We're going to talk today about what to study if you are thinking about getting in the industry. And, and just to set this up, um, where I work now, and this is, this is kind of how we came up with the topic, mm-hmm. where I work now, um, things have, I, I would say, I've only been there about two years now, but um, things have changed quite a bit, I guess, from a decade ago, say. Uh, obviously, the industry continues to, to change pretty rapidly. Um, and what that has meant for, at least for our company, is a lot of outside, uh, as instead of writing programs in-house, we're, we're using a lot of um, not just frameworks, but actual programs that are written outside and mm. sort of implementing them, uh, administering them, I guess would be the right way to put it. Uh, we still do a lot of programming, mm-hmm. but there's been a noticeable shift and there's even been, you know, uh, uh, structural changes, I'll say in the department, um, personnel wise, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of change of direction type stuff that has happened. So, um, it's, it brings up kind of the, kind of the topic of not just education, but just like in general, if, if you're thinking about this, if you're thinking about getting this industry now, like this is mm-hmm. a great episode, I think for you, if, even if you're, you know, in the industry already and you're kind of thinking about what next steps to take, I think mm-hmm. hopefully you can get something out of this as well. So, um, what we want to talk about is, you know, if if you're that guy, if you're that guy that's about to either go to school or you're in school and you're you're trying to figure out, you know, what should I be studying? How much should I invest mm-hmm. in an education? How much is necessary to really get a job in this industry? And I'll just say up front, my own experience, I, um, for those that don't know, I was I I spent a lot of money on education. <laughs> I got a couple mm-hmm. degrees, a bachelor's and a master's. And I didn't actually get a job in tech until I got this little nano degree from mm-hmm. Udacity mm-hmm. Um, and took a few online courses with places like Udemy and LinkedIn Learning. And basically, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say taught myself because there, obviously there were, there were teachers of these courses, but um, cer- certainly didn't, you know, do the brick and mortar university thing. I know you did. Um, Jared. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the, there's two different paths right there. But my my point is, uh, for someone like me, you know, the, all that money that I spent still paying for education. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not how I got the job in tech. So right. Um, now I don't regret. I'm not saying I regret the education. I have a good education. I, I'm proud of that. But um, I think, you know. 
now in the year 2021 Mm -hmm. and moving forward, um, someone who wants to get in this industry, I think can take uh, obviously a different approach than if they want, if they want, I think there's obviously, obviously ways to do it now where you don't have to spend, um, six figures. Yeah. So, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Um, the, the, the way the industry's changed and, uh, some things to consider if you want to get in. Uh, did you have any opening thoughts, Jerry? Uh, yeah, well, listening to you usually that do. overview, I do. I know. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I think I said that last time. I have a lot of opinions. Yes. Uh, comments. Uh, well, what was funny was like, well, because we knew we were going to do this topic, and it's like, yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about. But the, like, even listening to your intro, it's like, there's no way we're going to be able to cover everything in right. like, one regular show. It's right. such a big topic. And I, and I know, like, we know this, but for some reason, like, I didn't even think about this as it relates to our topic. Like, we both, we kind of, like, went the two opposite ways that you could, right, right to get right. into, like, I guess you would, you know, mine's very, I wouldn't say old-fashioned, but, like, the classic way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you go to college, you start doing it, and, like, there you go. And, like, you're kind of. Like you've done it like the modern way where it's like there's a lot of online courses and you can teach yourself and you can pick it up. And because mm-hmm. that didn't even exist, 20, that didn't exist 20 years ago, I don't think. Like you could oh. do it on your own. Yeah. But like there was no YouTube 20 years even ago. Even 10 years ago, I don't think the resources were nearly, nearly yeah. what they are now. That's probably like right around when they started to like the stuff started to kind of, I mean, I don't know the dates off my top of my head, but like, you know, like you know, we have stuff that keeps always comes up in our show. Like we're always yeah. quoting the Jeff Goldblum and the, <laughs> yeah, and the Seinfeld. Like it, it, you were talking, it made me think of the that same scene in Jurassic Park where Doctor Grant's like, "The world, the world's moving so fast, and we're just all <laughs> trying to catch or keep up or something like that." He gives yeah. like his little speech. Like that's exactly yeah. what it sounded like. Oh, everything's changing so much, and I don't know. I thought, hey, it's Jurassic Park again. Anyway, um, yeah, that's so not I where guess, I was. It's not where I'm I totally going with that, but I I know that I I know, but you can't help can't. but sound like that when you talk about this stuff, because right, right, because it is a it is a whirlwind. You know what? I was just thinking too, uh, real quick. Yeah, you mentioned YouTube. I was thinking about this the other day. YouTube started in 2007, right? When the iPhone I, came out, I think it was 2005. Okay, so it was like, already around. Yeah, but like I don't think that was the thing that broke out necessarily right when it started, right? right. So, but it was it was obviously the the smartphone that sort of got it launched it to the next stratosphere. Um, but yeah. even two thousand five is it was two thousand five, yeah. It's only fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago. I mean, that's it. Seems like mm-hmm. YouTube's been around forever, and yeah, and it hasn't. It's a no. It's such a monster now. It just um, feels like, yeah, like it feels like that kind of thing where it's like, it's so normal now. Like you kind of forget what it, not forget, but like people are building career. I mean, people have careers on YouTube, yeah. like big yeah, careers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's weird to think that that wasn't even there 15 years ago. Yeah. So um, kind of makes you think like what other, what other uh, new things are going to be around yeah. 15 years from now yeah yeah but anyway sure. i don't mean to cut you off so keep going no no that was it i think just the idea of there's so many ways to not only so many ways to get into the industry uh, <laughs> you can't like with the advent of 
you know, things like AWS and, and Google Cloud, like if you know what you're doing, you don't even need to break into the industry if you have a product. You can make your own thing. You can mm-hmm. program your own, you know, software offering and sell it. And it's like you could be in the industry by just being in the industry. Right. So, like, it's so different from, like you said, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, think about, we won't talk about this, obviously, but, like, the music industry industry where it used to be, like, you'd have to get on a label. Yeah. you have to be playing the bands. Like, like you know, those there were serious gatekeepers. Right. And that's probably kind of a theme of a lot of things these days. Like, those gatekeepers aren't necessarily there anymore. But right. If you want to talk about getting into the big companies or smaller startups, you know, we'll ignore doing your own thing because that's not really what we're talking about. Um, but there's well, many what do you mean by things. that? Okay. Well, well what, yeah. How, how are you differentiating differentiating that from startups? Oh no, no, I'm including. Well, how am I differentiating doing your own thing? Yeah. What do you Is mean? That, like, if you want to talk about like getting hired by someone. Yeah. Whether it's a big company or a startup, I think that's different than like, I'm going to learn programming, I'm going to make my own website, and then I'm going to sell my own stuff, and nobody else is going to be involved. Well, let's cover that too at some point in the episode too, if we can. Just okay. Just because it is one route you can take, and sure, it does fit into the sure. conversation. So, gosh, where do we even start with this? Um, do you have an idea of where you want to start? Well, let me just pick it back off of, well, I had two thoughts while you were talking. First, let me just say, um, you mentioned you and I have had different paths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we both went the education route, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I'll just throw this out there. There's people in the, where I work, in the department I work, uh-huh. um, that actually didn't, don't have really any education mm-hmm. um like there's there are people um that didn't finish high school that that you know were able to i mean there's they're obviously smart people and they were able to educate themselves and get hired at this place and and it was a progression i'm sure it didn't happen overnight but mm-hmm. um there's there's people on that end and there's people that have a lot of education um, so there's a wide range of people even now getting into tech. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was going to, so I just kind of lay that out there first. <laughs> sure. And then I was going to say too, um, you, you mentioned doing your own thing and you mentioned startups. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to consider, I think if you're, if you're getting in the business is, what what's your threshold how should i say this what's your what's your threshold for um risk and um <laughs> i thought you were gonna say something like misery well i was gonna uh, say pain yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if that's the right word i will i'll, I'll say risk and um yeah un, be, being uncomfortable just in life yeah like what what's what's your threshold for that because um, there is a whole um, market for, you know, Silicon Valley for startup companies. And um, there, that's a whole uh, world that mm. can get very messy, very ugly. Um, 
but if you have the stomach for it, you don't, again, you don't need necessarily an education. You need some, I think, some serious street smarts. Um, so I guess, I guess I'm kind of already touching on it, doing your own thing, but that's, that's, that's one avenue to take. Yeah. Yeah. There are people that have PhDs that do that. And there are people that probably don't have degrees at all that, that take that on. It's interesting because, you know, I, sometimes I look at like, you know, the executives or, or the higher ups in like a company, even if it's a startup, Mm-hmm. Um, and they they do tend to have like those higher degrees, like masters or PhD. And I, I kind of wish I had, like, I don't I don't want to do it now, but I kind of wish I had maybe gone for a masters when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to spend the time on it now. Um, like, I don't want to say be purely academic. I'm sure you would learn things, but it's like it's interesting that like that kind of. Like, I don't think that those things mean that you're better at programming. And in some cases, I've read things about, like, PhDs that'll get their PhD, and they're like, they can't program their way out of a paper bag when they get out of school because they're doing something, like, really specific or they're not really doing anything practical. So it's weird to me that it's like, oh, to, to seemingly hit that upper level, like, they still want that signal of, like, oh, this guy went through and got his master's or his PhD. I don't know how much that's going to, I mean, that might be company to company, but that's just something I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that was something that was important to you, maybe the classical route would be important, but that's not entirely the case. So like, it's interesting because again, computers are not that old, right? You mm-hmm. talk about uh, careers like being a doctor or a lawyer, like law school, medical school, those things have existed for like centuries, right? Mm-hmm. Right. There's people who are still working in the industry who started when and they're they're not much older than us and they kind of started like you know during the Apple II days like learning and the mm. way they learned was by having a computer and like experimenting with it yeah. like that's T- what they call the, yeah that's what they call the whole like hacker ethos or whatnot like I'm a right. hacker it means right. somebody who's literally like hacking away learning things while they're doing it. So some of the most famous, well-known, you know, game programmers and such, um, like, were figuring it out on their own when they were kids. Like, John Carmack is one of, you know, my favorite programmers. Did a lot of game stuff. Very strong work ethic. No education whatsoever. Like, Mm -hmm. not. Like, he was, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, high school dropout. I don't think he necessarily dropped out of high school, but, like, he didn't do well in school because he was bored with it. And so he would want to be doing other things. And he pretty much went like right into programming because it's what he liked to do. And he's like famous and he gives talks and like he he's like a he was COO or CTO or something of of Oculus, which got bought by Facebook. And like the guy's set for life, but he likes to program. So he's still doing it, you know, because mm-hmm. um, that's what he does. So I think one of the key th- and that's what's different about you know, programming. You can't be like, hey, I started performing surgery because I was bored on the street. (laughs) And now I'm a top surgeon. Like, you can't do that. Same thing with law, right? So it's it's a very unique profession in that sense. Like, even, I would imagine even being like a carpenter, there's like carpentry school you have to go through. 
or uh, mentorship, mentorship at least. Right. I internship. mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you could buy some lumber and start chopping away in your garage, but like it's, it's, it's a very unique profession, I think, and that you can right. pick it up yourself. You can get a computer, you can download all the tools you need uh, for free and you can just start learning. Now it's not easy. Right. Uh, you mentioned the the threshold for pain, I guess, and I there's many ways that that could relate. So, like, like I'm gonna say I'm gonna use the word discomfort. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it is a form of pain, I guess, but it uh, it's kind of we've talked about it before that that willingness to be in sort of drowning, that feeling of drowning, or mm-hmm. and not you know, kind of being stuck for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, the, the people you're describing, uh, and I mean, you're probably in this category, I imagine, but um, so the, the people you're describing, the people that require probably no guidance necessarily and can probably get somewhere just on their own, um, it's a certain kind of person. I, not everybody, obviously, I mean, there, there's a stereotype about it, even, mm-hmm. right? We call them geeks, maybe, or, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I don't really think of you as a geek, by the way. Like, that's not oh, your. Oh, I don't care. I, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> like maybe, maybe I you have some of those. I not take that traits. personally. Okay. Uh, you're a huge nerd. No, no, uh, I really don't. I, I'm being honest. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't actually yeah, yeah, see yeah. that. In you, hey, but, you know what though? That hmm. is a perfect. Remember last week we were talking about the difference between who gets hired at Apple and Microsoft, and yeah. we were talking about like how Apple hires like artists and stuff. I yeah. think geeks would be perfect for the Microsoft <laughs> uh, description, just like that computer geek. Like I love computers for computers, but like not necessarily. Anyway, I've yeah. uh, when you said that, that's what immediately came to mind. So yeah. I, there, that definitely exists out there, and I I went to school with people like that, and yeah. That was one of the reasons, actually, um, I both liked and disliked school because it was interesting for the most part, but, like, I just didn't relate to that type of person. Mm. And there was a lot of that around, and that sounds really snobby, but it's just, like, it's just a very different, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just kind of like I just didn't relate to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's definitely all different kinds of people in the industry, uh, and that's part of it. So Yeah. Yeah, and just finish the thought. Um, that it, it's a certain type of person. Now, today, I, I so let's just start with that. Square mm-hmm. one, you can you can pretty much have very little guidance. Probably even do it without, you know, these course a Udemy course or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and just like you said, start hacking when you're young mm-hmm. and or any time is to start hacking and and. Um, you can get somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine like someone, someone who's already like that and you just start supplementing with, you know, you go, you take a, some of these shorter courses and mm-hmm. just start supplementing your knowledge with, with people that can, uh, they're not going to be necessarily walking beside you like they would mm-hmm. uh, with a brick and mortar school or even like a Udacity program where your assignments are graded. Mm-hmm. Um, but still you've got, you've got teachers that are, you know, systematically teaching you step by step. So you start, you start to add that and then you're at another level. Um, 
Now, some people have to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of starting there, just the two, the, the different personality types, people that need that and people that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it's like you said, it's an industry uh, where there's e- either either personality type can easily get in sure. uh, without spending a ton of money. Sure. I think the important thing, so there's there's a couple different topics here that I also wanted to talk talk about. Like if you're considering getting into it, like what kind of programming do you want to do you want to do because that's almost like saying like i want to be an author well there's right. all different kinds of books that you could be writing right, right so right, right. it's a very it's the exact same thing with programming it's a huge field there's systems programming graphics programming there's web programming uh like doing the back end on web applications and that's like the web stuff is really big right now and that's where there's a lot of demand for uh like employees i guess yeah um, and some of those are probably going to be like, if you want to get into, like, if you're doing like systems programming or you're doing like operating systems, like you probably do want to work at like a Microsoft or an Apple because, well, they have the two, you know, biggest operating systems in the world. Well, I guess there's Android. So you could go to Google cause that that's now one of the top operating systems in the world but it's based on a linux kernel so you can work at a linux outfit as well outfit as well like there's a place called canonical that does do does the ubuntu linux distro and they're really well known so if you want to get into one of those i almost think i guess that's not entirely true you could do that on the web too i was going to say like something like that might be more geared towards like going to get your degree like right. an actual four-year degree, but part of the reason for that is that it's gonna those kinds of degrees will lean heavily on like classic data structures and algorithms and mm-hmm. the kinds of things that might be more related to um, programming in that space. So, mm-hmm. if, like that's something that you were thinking about doing, you know, and it's not necessarily true that like oh you have to go to school to do that but it might mm-hmm. be a, like the thing that's about the degree the, yeah go ahead that's where it would be advantageous i think i think that's, so and the other thing about the degree well there's like your experience is going to speak for itself when it's on your resume if you you know know how to organize it and explain what you're good at and what you can do what you've done for past companies yeah um the degree is kind of like a resume filter i think in a lot of ways and it's like, well, they won't consider you maybe, or like you'll get auto filtered out. Like if you don't mm-hmm. have, but like if you, you know, if you don't have the degree, but if you can talk to the people and you can show them, you know, then that's not going to matter. Like I said, nobody's going to not hire John Carmack. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. right. John Carmack. Cause they know who he is and they know he's really good. So a lot of it comes down to number one, being willing to put in the effort to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this goes back to your discussion of your threshold for pain, because being good is going to mean not just doing it nine to five, like, mm-hmm. because a lot of that you end up repeating things, right? Once it becomes a job, it's like, you're not necessarily learning new things. Right. Uh, so to do that and to keep up, because again, tech moves really, really fast. You have to study on your own and you probably have to, if you want to learn new things, you might have to pick up some independent projects uh, to dive into those new things. Because no, 
it's very rare at work that someone's going to be like, "Hey, what do you want to work on? Like, what's what what interests you? Like, you know, right. you you let's do what you want to do. It's like ah, you got to do what the business needs. Um, so uh, a big part of that is going to be you know that dedication to to being good. And I know a lot of people who don't like that, or who who are not willing to do that. Um, but are they in the in tech already, or are the people that? Yeah, are no, tech? I think yeah, I think it tends to be people like you know like stuff on Twitter, but they tend to be on tech in tech already. Because mm. um, you made a point, um, I think uh, sometime this season we did an episode, and you made a point about how you haven't really come across people in the industry that don't want to do a good job. Like there's, there's a certain, sure. Once you're in the industry, there's a certain pride you take in your work. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something that's fairly unique. That's like, it's something you, you, you don't necessarily see in, in, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of industries. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was just curious if that's what you, Yes. Yeah, so, referring to. Well, not. I'm referring to more like. Oh, I don't want to work, like. Kind of like oh, I'm I'm working my forty hours and that's it. Mm. And then, like oh, or I have or I have my specialization, my area of specialization, and and that's it basically. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be people who yeah, but even like. That, I mean that's 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 true. But I think even if you have, again, like if you're working at like Apple and you're specialized at Apple, like you're not working 40 hours a week. You're working more than that. Yeah. And but they're putting in the extra effort to be, you know, the best at what they do. And they're probably at a point not where they're, you know, the, I mean, you're not studying other people. to Like, let's say you're on the CPU team at Apple. Like, with, you know, we talked about the MacBook Pros last week. And how like great the processors are in those, right? Those people aren't going to other people for help necessarily. Right. Like they're at the top of their field and they're putting in the hours to stay there and to keep pushing forward. Um, but like that still takes effort. Like, you know, Victor Wooten, he has a he has an anecdote he likes to share about about when you reach the top of your game and he, he uses Michael Jordan as a reference. He's like there becomes a point where, like, you can't learn from someone else necessarily. Like, you have to be willing to to try and take that next step. And like, like, who did Michael? Like, Michael Jordan didn't. Nobody taught Michael Jordan how to be Michael Jordan. Mm. He had to like figure some of that stuff out on his own. Mm -hmm. So, like, even if you're specialized, I guess my point was like, you still have to put in those hours to if you want to be great. Like. That's the thing. Like you can be the status quo at your current place for a long time and probably put in, you know, the normal hours. But the problem with that over the long term is how much things are changing around you. This has <laughs> happened, I think, a lot in the tech industry because it's like, you know, I've seen people say, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a." I mean, I I don't know anybody personally who said this, but like this is the story. Like I'm a I'm a COBOL programmer, mm. or you know I'm a Fortran programmer. <laughs> no, nobody's hiring them anymore. Right. I mean, even a C programmer is probably pretty like 
not in demand compared to the way it used to be. Right. Like, and that used to be like what it was. Right. Uh, so, you know, if you're not paying attention to what's going on around you, like you're definitely at risk of, of being uh, kind of made obsolete if you don't keep your skills up to date. Mm-hmm. So if you do want to be in the industry, I, I feel like, like unless you land some job where you're like, I know I'm going to be here for 20 years, 30 years, uh, you, you got to put some effort into knowing where you want to go in the future and putting in a little extra time to be prepared for that move or prepared mm-hmm. for that, you know, case to come up. So, you know, that's part of the fun, quote unquote, of being in this field mm-hmm. is the need to stay on top of things. And no one's going to hand that to you. Like, like I said, like no one at works to be like, Hey, let's make sure that you're ready for your next job. Uh, so yeah, that's something you have to take on your own. Even like, you know, like I said, I went to school, I graduated, you know, in the 2000s. I've been learning a lot outside of there, trying to keep up with, like, some of the stuff I use now, I don't think was even, didn't even exist at the time mm-hmm. that I graduated. So, like, some right. of the languages and stuff, like, they didn't even exist. Uh, AWS didn't exist, and, like, there's just, yeah, it changes so fast. That, that willingness to keep up, doing the work on your own, is going to be kind of a universal thing, I think, if you want to stay on top of your game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that brings up um, some important points. And this is kind of one of the reasons I wanted to do this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in the industry already mm-hmm. um, and you feel stuff changing around you, let's say, let's say, let's take someone who's educated, well educated very good a, a very good pro, you know a competent programmer um i could say an expert in certain languages and they they've used those languages pretty consistently um throughout their career and now they feel like there's things are changing around them like i said i think i said this at the beginning um mm-hmm. companies that you know maybe they're moving towards more um, automation or more mm-hmm. um, outside programs. Mm-hmm. Um, as a take it from from someone like you, you're a manager, right? So yeah. Do you have you changed your approach at all with as uh have you experienced that at all like as have you seen your company have to um get away from writing all the programs from scratch and and start using outside uh stuff more or or was that something you ever did so uh does that make sense did i did I, I think so so i think like i don't know the details of of your place it sounds like okay. There's a lot of technology out there that can be leveraged, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it is. Kind of like programming and writing programs <laughs> takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. and nobody who doesn't do it understands that to the degree that the people 
that are doing it do. Even the man, like if a manager has never been, like you can manage a software team, and if you've never programmed, like they still don't get it because mm-hmm. they'll constantly underestimate um, how long a project should take. And I mean, even regular programmers, like it's it's impossible to accurately estimate how how long a task is going to take, and it's always longer than what you imagine. Almost surely. Mm-hmm. longer than what initially guess. Um, so I think in terms of where I'm at, like we've always tried to be pretty modern in our approach. I mean, everything was built on AWS to begin with. Like we use, when you pick a programming language, it's like there's, a, there's almost always package managers for those languages. So you can bring in features that you don't have to write on your own so that you're doing the custom things that you need to, to support your business instead of, you know, writing boilerplate code that, right. that is supposed to bring you up to speed with regular stuff. It sounds, and I, I don't want to go into this too much, or, but it sounds to me like based on what you described, like maybe like you had people in charge who maybe weren't leveraging what's out there to the degree it's like, well, we don't need to do that stuff ourselves because we can pull in this stuff and that other stuff. And mm-hmm. like we could be more productive as a company because like, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, I think you, I think that's kind of what's going on. I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but yeah. Um, from what I've seen that, that seems to be, that seems to be the direction they're going. It's a big company too. So they, yeah. you know, they, they have to leverage as much as they can. Um, and there, you know, there's hotels and, and yeah. Uh, other properties all un- under the umbrella of this company. So, um, you know, they're competing with other hotels and things like that. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there is so much work to be done otherwise that using libraries and packages where you can and a lot of the stuff, because I think we're both kind of doing, uh, I mean, you call it web software, but it's like, you know, App, it's like applications that have like a, a back end and then mm-hmm. like, you know, a front end with like either like a web dashboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also mobile apps involved where I'm at. But, you know, they all talk to a database and they have infrastructure and all that stuff. So if you're spending your time writing code that's like very legacy or like you're trying to spin up things from the ground up, like when you don't have to, like mm-hmm. I said, there's so much work to be done otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's going to be specific to your business, but it's like you should be do- like you shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So like if that's what's going on, like that makes perfect sense to me, and that's the that's the approach that we've always had at uh, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's kind of like quote unquote how it's done, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, going back to get let's take it back to getting into the business now. Mm-hmm. Um, does that change would, would, if you were starting now to, you know, get your education, would that change your starting point? Um, if you knew that you were going to be getting, getting a job where you're sort of administering a lot of programs as opposed to writing them, does that change your approach to education or do you still see the value in, uh, you know, getting the four-year degree and putting in the time, you know, f- to get the job, to get in the door, let's say. Yeah. I'm assuming most places you're still going to need to know how to program. <laughs> you're going to call yeah. yourself a programmer. 
even if you're using if even if you are administering a lot of programs and um just so, using stuff that's already out there you're still gonna have to know how to yeah. write software at some point yeah so i'm, I'm actually curious because i i feel like maybe what i'm talking about was a little different than than what you're saying now um because it like like a package or a library is something that you'd pull into like your own code to that, handle things mm-hmm. that's that, not you know that's not totally what I was talking about, though. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying, like you're actually using, are you using like off-the-shelf software to just achieve the same result as like what you guys were doing? Um, let me see if I can think of, like, have you, you've heard of OpenCart? Uh, I have not heard of that. E-commerce. It's open source yeah. e-commerce stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like that, where it's, it's written, like it's written in PHP. Mm-hmm. But so we we use it, we administer it. For the most part, it's just we're we're using like the dashboard interface that's already set up. But mm-hmm. if need be, we can go in and right change the code. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. stuff like that, where and and it handles all the e-commerce on certain sites. So you know mm-hmm. we're not even taking credit card information it's all going to you know right. we're outsourcing all that stuff right um, that kind of stuff so now there's guy we can write those programs there's guys in the, the office that can write yeah e-commerce software um and credit card authentication and all that stuff but we don't do it right uh, for the most part right um for that reason so that's what I'm talking about. That's what yeah. So that would be a, a much higher level of I think leveraging software in terms of like that's kind of like a thing that's already done, mm-hmm. versus what I was thinking was like oh I'm gonna pull in like some library to process strings because I don't want to write a bunch of code to to do that myself because mm-hmm. uh, string handling is messy and and difficult and like, usually languages you know will include that anyway but that's just the example I picked. Uh, so like at where I'm at, like we're definitely writing all of our own software from the ground up, but we use libraries and such where, uh, like it, it's helpful. Right. Um, like, so it's a, yeah, that's fairly different. Um, like jQuery and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So like for what I'm talking about, I mean. I kind of feel like, I mean, maybe it doesn't. I was going to say, I feel like it kind of depends on age. Like, I, I wouldn't want to go to a four-year university now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so much easier, I think, when you just, you're not doing the whole living on your own thing. Yeah. Or, you know, when you're young, I guess. Um, so I still do see, like, I would I would definitely do it again, like, if I had to to make the choice. Like, I was lucky enough to where I knew what I wanted to do. Like right. years before I got in, like I knew what school I wanted to go. Like I didn't even apply to anywhere else but UCSD because it was like, well, I'm going to go there. And if I don't get in, I know they have a transfer program from mm-hmm. like the, the local community colleges. So it was like, I'm either going to get in or I'm going to do the transfer. And it's a good thing I got in because apparently they don't allow you to <laughs> to do computer science from transferring. You have to start it on day one. Mm. So I didn't know that until after the fact, but um, yeah, no, I would have, I would have totally, you know, chosen the same path and 
maybe <laughs> I sound sad. I'm like sighing over here. I was gonna say maybe I've gone for like the Masters back then, uh, get it out of the way. But uh, that's okay. At the time, I was like, I'm so done with this. I didn't want to do it anymore. But uh, the school part, because like I wanted to work. Yeah. Um, I went to. I did the internship at Intel, like after two years. Right. And I, ha- I had so much more fun there that when I got back, I was like, I, I just, I would much rather be working. Like you learn more there and mm-hmm. more enjoyable, and it kind of, not soured, but like it just made me not as interested in the coursework uh, right. after that. But right, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I, I yeah, no, like, I mean, administering versus programming i would say is still pretty different so it depends on how much your your what your balance is um yeah so it really depends yeah a couple things so you mentioned the the you know going back to school when you're older um for people that Mm want to do that i mean it's different now too because of all the online opportunities and Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily the same as being in a classroom and getting the kind of attention you would in a classroom, but mm-hmm. um, you get, you know, you still have online professors and you can you can go that route where you, you could get a four-year degree mm-hmm. in your spare time, <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, they have all kinds of stuff set up for working professionals, that people that are yeah. already working. So there are ways yeah. to go. I totally get what you're saying, like to go back to a four-year yeah, school yeah, yeah. And, and yeah but um there are ways i, I was going to say too going back to what you're saying about the resume filter let's, so let's say mm-hmm. you don't want to go to school um and you're worried about not having that on your resume mm-hmm. one thought i had is um at, for example at a company like mine is a big company mm-hmm. um Something like 2,500 employees as a big, big company. Mm-hmm. But if you if you are already in it, so let's say you're not in tech, but you're trying to get in tech, you can get a job at a company like this. You can find big companies like this where they have a tech department, but they have other departments. You can get in at another department, you know, make it do well, you know, work hard, make a name for mm-hmm. yourself for a couple of years, and then ultimately transfer over. It's very, it's, very common, you know, companies mm-hmm. like that like to hire from within. They like to, you know, because you think about it, it's such a um, risk if you're if you're an employer. It's <laughs> yeah. such a risk to hire people from outside, you know, people yeah. that you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like the draft, you know. You don't know if they're going to fit into your organization, um, no matter what their experience is. And whereas you can look at somebody in-house and see what they've done over two years i mean even if they're working as a as a a bus boy or a waiter or something right um and then you know they show the proclivity for whatever it is they want to do or they show a desire and you know and people people um can speak on their behalf for the work they've done already so Mm -hmm. that's a that's a route to take and i think that's how some of these guys like i said earlier that that don't necessarily have a lot of education Mm-hmm. we're able to get in um, to a department like this. Um, so that's just something to consider um, if you yeah, don't want, no, if you don't sure. want to go the education route. And like, 
like I said, it's like it because even with college, it's you know you talk about the difference between like the online courses now and you know college. In either situation, you're you're teaching yourself. Like the information is there, and it's up to what you do with it. You know, like so it's not like even though the the environments are very different and the structure is very different, you can still kind of get like the same information. Now it's the online stuff tends to be from what I've seen much more practical. Mm. Like they're teaching you like, here's how you, you know, write a front end for a website. Here's how you set up a database on a server. And there was almost none of that at, at UCSD. In fact, I remember, I remember leaving, or when I graduated, feeling like, okay, so how do I write software? <laughs> like, it, it almost felt like a, not like a mystery, because I understood the concepts, but I remember thinking, there's got to be something I'm missing. Yeah. Like, because, you know, I did all, like, I did all the stuff. Like, I had a computer. Um, like, we did all the, you know, the data structures, the algorithms. I did the compilers course. I did the CPU course where it's like, we're building this stuff. But, yeah. and, you know, maybe, I mean, it sounds, it almost sounds embarrassing for me to to say that, that, like, I graduated feeling like, well, I don't really, I still don't see the big picture because it's like, maybe I should have done, I mean, I don't know. I was working and, like, I, I felt like I was busy all the time. But right. like there was, I, I wasn't answering that question for myself at the time. I guess is what I was saying, and that like that's really silly of the fact that I did not do that. But that like they the the college at least back then was it leaned more towards the theoretical, almost all the way through. Like we even wrote. I remember one of my favorite classes was writing um i don't think it was the whole class but it was kind of like it was like a more advanced concepts class yeah and and it was like we had to write like threaded you know like a a multi-threaded scheduler thing where it was like you could switch between tasks and and process things on its own threads and keep like you know memory save stuff and mute they're called mutexes and uh, where it's like we have like locks on certain parts of data and all this stuff. And it, I remember one of the programs that we had to write was not that long. It was like it ended up being like 300 lines, but conceptually it was difficult. And mm-hmm. 300 lines is nothing. Like it's that's like a mm-hmm. file for right. an API or something. But like there was a lot going on in it. But at the same time, like I said, I remember doing that, but it's like there was still this question of like, <laughs> okay so like what happens in the real world mm-hmm. like like how like how is software built in the real world and it is built very differently than what you're taught in mm-hmm. college so i i really like the foundations that we got and it's to this day like it's laid a foundation in understanding how computers work and how you know aspects of software work but the practical stuff i picked up you know, much more quickly, like on the job, so to speak. And then it's like, it's almost like working is what allows you to, to put the the pieces together. And it's like, okay, now I get why they were doing this and that. Right. Um, it's kind of like the old, did you ever see 
Karate Kid, the old movie, the original movie? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Miyagi teaches Daniel how to paint the fence and wax oh, right. on and all that. Right. And he has no idea why he's doing it until right. one day. And he gets he, mad. He starts. He gets mad. He gets really mad. It's like, why frustrated. are we wasting our time on this? Right. And it's such a, it's such a memorable movie. I think because of that scene. Because when he, when he, Mr. Miyagi starts attacking him, and all of a sudden Daniel realizes, hey, I actually know how to fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. You sure. get out. And to to, <laughs> I think to that point. You can only really get that kind of experience if you have the kind of foundation that you're talking about. That's yeah. I think it's much harder to do that going through an online boot camp than it would be if someone like you had a four year education and you really, mm-hmm. really built a foundation like that. Mm-hmm. So there is an advantage to that. And that's kind of that was kind of a point I wanted to get to is um the the sort of the hidden value <laughs> yeah um, yeah the hidden value of education because it's yeah. i believe it's still there um, oh yeah and, and a lot of people have kind of written it off like um so we don't want to write it off necessarily and i it also depends on what school you go to like i from what i've heard the engineering um curriculum curricula uh across schools like varies wi- wildly very right. widely, widely. Right. How come I can't pick my words today? <laughs> uh, like, so Stanford is famous, right? And like Google will just go to Stanford to recruit. Like they don't. I don't think they even like bother with that much. Yeah. Like, because they're also in the area, right? So it's like, oh, we're just gonna see who the new graduates are. We're gonna take the ones we want. Right. Same thing with like Facebook. I think they recruit from there a lot. I think Berkeley is close, but I don't know if I don't know if they're as famous for the engineering department. So UCSD is known the engineering and like they're the jacobs school of engineering is uh you know like well respected like that's the department on in ucsd mm-hmm. um there's a couple of others i know of uh like university of illinois champaign urbana or something like they're kind of well known obviously there's mit not mit yes mit why am i thinking i'm getting mixed up with something else uh yeah Come mit back. Um, yeah okay what's that <laughs> you know what for some reason i said mit and then i flashed on it tech which is the cheesy stuff that they used to show commercials for when we were kids it was like a local trade school do you remember that oh yeah um it's itt i think itt yes but i think it was it tech or itt oh, yeah thing. yeah 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 so i was thinking mit is like that's not right but no <laughs> it is it is mit uh <laughs> So there's a couple, like, there's definitely well-known schools where it's like, you know, it's um, what they have you do is, like, it's rigorous, right? And they teach you in-depth things. Because I've actually talked to people, I think maybe even in interviews, from what I remember, where they got a degree from another school. And it's like, oh, well, what kind of things did you do? And they're like, oh, yeah, we did this one really hard course where we had to do this one thing. And I was like, that sounds like the very first course I ever took. (laughs) That doesn't sound right. So there's definitely, um, gosh, man, it it varies is my point. Uh, So it really depends on where you go. Like you can't just go somewhere and be like, oh, I'm going to do computer science here and it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, There's definitely um, various levels of 
of like the the rigor, I guess. And you know what? I I really wish kind of like because we got a computer right before I started college, so I knew I wanted to do this stuff, but I didn't have the tools available until it was like, hey, you're going to college now, so it's we're gonna get a computer. I, if I had started out, I think like being able to experiment on a computer, like maybe a couple of years before I went to college and I was like trying to write software on my own. I think that combined with the theoretical stuff would have really like that, that uh, like approaching it from both sides, seeing it from both sides um, would have really kind of like reinforced what I was learning at college. Mm -hmm. So like the practical stuff that they're doing online is like, I I think both sides are really important. Let me put it that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. So, like, the online stuff that tends to focus on the practical side is really important. But at the same time, if you want to, like, again, get into the big companies where they're doing, you know, these big operating systems and in-depth stuff, like, you kind of, I feel like you kind of need that that deeper knowledge of, like, what's going on inside a computer mm-hmm. as it works. Um but that's yeah. more important for getting into those companies, like I said, like the Apples and the Microsofts. Right. Those are the kinds of work that they're doing there. Right. Uh, and there's yeah. there are roundabout ways I think you can get into the industry and then learn that stuff too, if if you're fortunate enough to you know land a job somewhere in the industry, um, maybe not in those companies and not those jobs that you're referring to, but if you wanted to learn that stuff long-term, yeah, there are around a bit about ways to do it, I think. Um, but I think there's definitely an advantage to, to, I mean, take the Palo Alto route and go, you know, yeah. Stanford and then. Whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, I think that works if you're lucky enough to know what you want to do when you're young. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, again, going back to YouTube, and this is also something else Victor Wooten has said, but we live in an era where the information is just widely available. And you can see, like, YouTube has a ton of programming stuff. Right. And you can buy all the books you want off of Amazon, and there's all kinds of papers on the web. Like, the yeah. information is there. Right. And it, it right. wasn't like that even right. when I was going to school. Right, like, right. I was going to so, say, well, go ahead, go ahead. No, like if you want to learn something, the information is out there. Even if we're talking about low-level computing. Now, maybe you're not going to have, like, I mean, maybe you can download programs to do the kind of stuff that we did, like the lab work, right? If, you, if you're if you actually trying to experiment with building and learning yourself. Like the programming stuff, man, you can do anything you want from a laptop these days, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like graphics programming, yeah, you need a video card. And maybe not all laptops have a great video card or whatever, but some do. Some of them right. have NVIDIA cards, and you can download all the NVIDIA graphics stuff. And Or if you're on Apple, you can do, they call it Metal, which is their API for graphics programming. But there's just the opportunity. is It's really up to the person these days. Yeah. And, like, the opportunities are more... Uh, just open, I guess. So I think that's what Victor, that's the point Victor Rudin was saying about YouTube was that when he was growing up playing bass, he didn't have all the examples. Like part, a lot of the uh, difficulty of doing something is seeing that it can be done. Yeah. Because, and I have an example from 
from my experience on that. So like Victor Wooten was saying, like, you know, we had records and stuff, but we could we couldn't see how people were doing things. Right. Whereas now, like kids can watch videos of like really advanced playing. So like they're starting with that. Like they could learn from that by seeing it and replicating it because it's right. all close up. It's all right there on YouTube. Right. I remember when we went to see it was 2010. I think it was 2010. Um, I know I went to Indian Wells before that. I went in 2007, but I don't think I saw an adult practice until 2010 yeah you can't uh, you talking about when you came up uh and stayed with us and all that yeah that was yeah. 2010 yeah yeah so i remember you know watching nadal practice and he was hitting the ball in a way that i was like i didn't even know you could do that <laughs> yeah yeah i remember that and it was like that. the sound of the ball off the racket was so loud it sounded like thunder it was like i didn't know this was the thing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it changed the way i practiced after i saw that because it was like my mind had a different concept of what is possible so yeah. that is freely available and I, again that's different when you're in person versus on video for i think for that instance because i don't think even on video like tennis comes across the same as right. in person right but the point is those kinds of like you know, like here's what's possible is like just freely available to everybody now. Right. So, cause we used to watch like going back to Victor Wooten, it's like we would, we would watch the Flectones. We went to Flectone concerts. Right. But we were young and I, we would watch him play and we were like, what is he doing? Right. Like <laughs> well, how is he doing like, that? Yeah. 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 But like just that sound of the bass, like all the stuff he was doing. Cause I, I remember dad, like we went and saw them at Humphreys. Right. That first time we saw him, right. and I remember Dev sitting next to us going, "No way!" Like he, <laughs> he did, and it was right. just like. So I remember leaving that thinking, like, "How do you do that? Like, that's really cool. How do you do that?" But now you can look it up. He explains it, and it's all over YouTube, and there's right. all kinds of kids doing it. Right. So having that information available, you know, it, it also applies to programming, and it's like it's there if you want it. Right. So it's really up to the person in a way, and I think again. It goes back to your comment about like pain because it's not easy to learn necessarily. And maybe some people have more of an aptitude for it than others, but it's, right. it's a, it's a very in-depth field. There's many different areas that you can work in, like we said, and it just, it depends on how badly you want it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, cause like, I, I really don't think that you're limited by, if you can do the work, you can get a job or you can, you know, build your own thing. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You remember the, the rooms in the, in the library at, I mean, UCSC had a massive, uh, what is it called? Geisel. Yeah. Library. But yep. they had a, is it still called that by the way? I'm... I don't know. Okay. I think so. I don't okay. think they changed it. So they had a massive, um, academic journal section i don't know it might have even been more than one floor um and i remember at, at puget sound where i went uh, my my dorm was like just a stone's throw from the library so i would go there at night and i would i would sneak down into the academic journal area mm -hmm. and just like start browsing it was unbelievable like the mm -hmm. the the knowledge at, at your fingertips you know mm -hmm. um 
And I mean, you could just sit there for hours and you, you're not even scratching the surface, but you could yeah. literally, literally look up anything on anything that you wanted to know, any, right. any historical era, uh, any scientific data that was out there at the time. So what you're describing though is kind of how that, that room, which not everybody has access to. I mean, those are college libraries. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I suppose anyone could, you know, get access, but, um, it was much more limited then and now with the internet all that sort of has been flipped so mm-hmm. the academic epic academic journals so to speak are sort of um out there for people to i mean that, that's a, maybe a, a silly analogy but that that degree of knowledge is out there like you're saying like you're saying it's like stuff has been unearthed <laughs> um, yeah for yeah. people to discover um and I was going to go, I was going to say with the, we were talking about the, um, the difference between the four year foundational degree and some, some of the online stuff that's just tailored mm-hmm. specifically for pragmatic, practical stuff. Um, a lot of those boot camps are literally engineered to kind of get you to, from A to B, mm-hmm. like the, like the, um, like I've taken a couple of JavaScript boot camps online mm-hmm. and, they, and they take you from literally knowing nothing. I mean, of course, by the second or third time you take one, you, you can pretty much go halfway through the course and you, you've heard most of that stuff, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but they're, they're designed. So if you don't know anything, you can take this course, take it in a few weeks if you want, or a couple months or whatever pace you want to go to. And you come out the other end, you actually can do stuff with the language. Yeah. Um, so the, you, there's that, and then there's the boot camps. Those are designed off of actual boot camps, where I, as my understanding, so people, um, the same guys that teach those online boot camps, they also teach in-person boot camps, which are much more expensive generally, um, and they probably have better job placement and stuff. But it's the same, it's the same stuff. So, mm-hmm. like any education, if you're someone who you get out what you put in right so it's the yes. same as going to school absolutely um, so you can kind of bypass the actual physical boot camp and do the online boot camp and get roughly the same stuff and like i said they're designed they're designed to get you from point a to point b but um the only part missing is that that karate kid foundation that you're not gonna you're not gonna experience that yeah um Kind of that hidden yeah, knowledge yeah. four years four years later. Um, but but there there's a there's a use for it. And uh they're not I mean, Udemy will have these sales, it's like ninety dollar courses are ten dollars. You know, if you just wait a couple of weeks and all yeah. these courses go on sale and you pick one up for twelve bucks and yeah. I mean it's unbelievable. Right. You you're talking that would have cost thousands of dollars uh, a yeah. couple of decades ago. Yeah. Um so it's it's really turned the turned things on its head in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, I always thought one of the <laughs> not to change the subject, going back to the karate kid, I always thought one of the most memorable scenes from that movie was when uh Mr. Miyagi magically heals Daniel's uh serious injury by rubbing his hands together and then yeah. like placing him on his leg. Yeah, I've I was tried always kinda yeah, that, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, that was I remember because like the music also kind of goes like he like slaps his hands together and it's like yeah. dumb. Yeah, like, where 
they come up with this? Yeah. Uh, see, I see. maybe I did something wrong. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. he spit into his hands or something. Oh, they didn't oh, show man. that part. I don't know. That is... I've, I've tried stuff like that. <laughs> that just kind of always stood out to me in that movie. Kind of silly. But uh, back to the topic. <laughs> uh, All right. So Don't be making any peace offerings with me. No, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Sarah statue what was the statue he bought yeah the cigar cigar, cigar, cigar story let's bury the hatchet aye, aye, aye. all right <laughs> i love the part where creamer spots him on the road he's like hey jerry look what i got uh man that was a great show anyway yeah, I, yeah what were you gonna say go ahead couldn't make that show today no not like not like that i don't like, think make what let me make one more point on that the okay. education we're talking about education we're talking about education and school mm-hmm. um the one thing i will say we mentioned at the beginning of the episode and you and i went different routes my my bachelor's degree in a completely unrelated field but i do i did i can honestly say and i'm not saying this just to justify the astronomical amount of money that i'm that i spent and i'm still spending uh, paying back Mm-hmm. Um, but I can honestly say the, the, the things I learned while getting that bachelor's degree, uh-huh. I, I used, I used those things when I was getting the MBA too, but, um, the sort of the critical thinking skills and, you know, obviously reading and writing and all that, uh-huh. <laughs> knowing how to write, knowing how to write actually has helped as a programmer too, I think. Oh yeah, totally. Um, Being able to like express ideas, communicate ideas, like it's extremely important in programming. Yeah. It's helped not just in programming, but in the, you know, in the workplace in general, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I think more than anything, just the critical thinking, critical thinking skills. And then the, um, sort of the, the perseverance that we were kind of referring to earlier, getting through those, painful times mm-hmm. um and persevering through those things and not quitting on things those are things you you can learn no matter what you're studying so and they do come into play i think uh-huh. uh into programming so in a roundabout way a, a lot of a lot of us will end up in the same place now you can mm. i just think you can save a lot of time and that's kind of what this is about is what's the best route to take. But sure. Um, but it does, it does come into play and it's not necessarily a waste. And and maybe I'm just saying that, like I said, to justify and to feel better <laughs> about myself, but, um, but I don't regret it necessarily. Cause yeah. I feel like I've, I feel like I've used it. Yeah, no, I think it's no, for sure. Um, because, you know, there's like, how do I put this? So, you know, I did a lot of the computer stuff early on and it's like, like, but there's been times where it's like, well, I wish I knew more about business or, you know, those kinds of concepts. Cause if, oh, I do want to go do my own thing or like, I want to have my own side thing. It's like, well, I don't know anything about that. So it's, you're kind of winging certain things. Like there's, there's definitely things you can learn from all the different like trades in life, I think. And, you know, bring them to what you're doing. So, 
like you said, the thing about communication, it's like, man, they don't, they definitely don't teach that at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the engineering stuff, but like, that's so important in, in business and life in general. And like a big part of that, like how you work with people and how you communicate with people is also going to sometimes influence how well you do in your career. Yeah. Like, like soft skills, they call them. Right. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, there's there's more to it than that than in terms of what you're talking about. I know, but like, it, it took me a long time to finally accept the fact that like, uh, you know, again, going back to like people saying things like, "Oh, you're good the way you are," like people should appreciate you for who you are, for how you. And it's like, nah, it's not really true. <laughs> like, if you have deficiencies that you need to work on. Because yeah. you rub people the wrong way or like people yeah. don't or like, you know what I mean? Like, that's on yeah. you. Like, you got to fix that stuff. So it took right. me a long time to kind of like to realize, oh, you know what? Like, I got to I got to change some things because like maybe I, I maybe I do rub people the wrong way sometimes. But it's like it could be a misunderstanding. Like people will take being quiet. They'll interpret it as being arrogant sometimes mm-hmm. sure. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like learning to speak up more and be more open, like those kinds of things. And then it makes a difference. So mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things you can learn from different places, yeah. and it, it can all come together in your career. And it's like I learned some of that stuff like way later. So mm-hmm. um, it's all relevant. Like you can, you can. It's all relevant. You can pull from different different areas. Yeah. Um, learning yeah. to see like. Here's one, but learning to see what the way other people see you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can take a long time because yeah. I think you know, regardless of whether it's good or good or bad, the perception there's usually like you can take any strength you have and kind of turn it on its head and and think you know, well, how is this also a weakness? Like what? Mm-hmm. What? Like say you're quiet. Like I I see that as a a strength mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. you know you you put your head down and you work and you mm-hmm. you know you're easy to get along with yep. for the most you know you don't cause trouble but then there's that you know like you said it can be perceived a certain way or you know talking a, like talking a little because I'm like that too I'm quiet so I've learned this probably the same lesson yeah, you have is like talking a little more for the benefit of others is is also something that it helps them. It helps them know what you're yeah. thinking more often, and and you can work better as a team. Um, so just just staying <laughs> yeah. the way you are is yeah. never necessarily a good thing. Um, it you reminds, know, I, it, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say before we get off the topic, it reminds me of that scene from the Imitation Game where they go up to. Yeah, uh, I was thinking the same. What's exactly. his, what's his name? And he's like, "We're going to lunch." He yeah, says, "Okay." Cumberbatch, or yeah, Turing, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "We're going to lunch." He's like, "Okay." Yeah, it's like, uh, well, we talked about that. We talked, yeah, about yeah. When we talked about the movie, and he's like, uh, "We're going to lunch." He said, "Okay." Yeah, and he's like, "Do you want something?" He's like, "Nope." He's like, Did I offend you? And he's like, "Why would you think that?" Yeah, like, and he's like, honestly baffled because it's like, well, why would you know? Yeah, it's like, but like they're both baffled, right, yeah. at each other. Yeah, it's because they they don't like they're just different personalities and like the one guy doesn't understand like what they're like they both don't understand what the other one's expecting, and it's just a perfect example of you know I guess 
un, like you said, understanding how you're perceived or like how you're seen uh, definitely helps. But things you do not learn in engineering school for sure. Um, school of life. That's what yeah. You hear that? You hear that a lot. Um, and I would add one more thing too, because you mentioned teams working with teams uh-huh, or uh-huh. groups. Mm-hmm. You can learn that in a lot of other settings too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of people learn it through sports or military or, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of routes to take with that, too. So um, the conventional the conventional four-year college route is not always. You know what's funny? <laughs> you start putting it like that, and I feel like you actually kind of learn so little of what you need at college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to even say you... you like if you yeah that is true that is it is true in a lot of what a lot of cases i think but if you don't like like for someone like me who didn't study tech in college Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. did get the sports part and i did get the like i said the critical thinking you know to some degree so i did get some skills that i i feel like i'm using in my job that have Mm -hmm. helped so um I guess it's just those... it's just interesting to think about. Like if I don't know if this is getting off topic or not, but like when you think about everything that you bring to your job on a daily basis, and I think about how much of it I pulled from, and again, I'm not working on like operating systems and stuff, so maybe that would be more relevant if I was. Yeah. But it's like there's there's not a whole lot from like the four-year experience that comes into the yeah, everyday job yeah, yeah, yeah. uh but there's a lot of other like there's some of it right because i know computers and I, I know how to do that stuff but so I, it's like but like the people I, skills and, I, yeah, yeah but you learn I, I bet you i bet you there's more tucked away in there that you learned in those four years than you realize including people skills i mean even if you you know didn't have a huge um, social experience because I know you 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 stayed in San Diego, obviously, but yeah, no, I lived at home the whole time. But you went through the process of going to class every day, showing up, you know, the discipline it takes to do all that. Yeah. Um, and there's a social component no matter what. I mean, you're you're on campus all those yeah. hours, and um, who knows what you know what you what benefit yeah. that, that did have and what you're using. Cause, cause like I was saying earlier and I, and I mean this, like I don't see you as um, kind of the, the typical computer. Uh, I don't know if there, there is a typical computer person, but like, the, like I said earlier, the geek, the, the stereotypical sure. geek, um, like, you know, computers really well and you're really good at it, but you don't, you have good social skills. So you got that somewhere. Um, yeah, I think it was after. <laughs> yeah, it probably was, but I mean, but I'm sure some. <laughs> I don't know. It's a continuum, you know. You don't. Yeah, you don't get yeah, it all yeah, after. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. College did something. Yeah. So. Um. You know what's again, funny? I yeah. No. Again, it's the Karate Kid analogy. Yeah. I was gonna say. I think maybe for the first time in a long time, I feel like I miss it. <laughs> School. I, yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking about like being on campus. And it's like ah, oh, it wasn't yeah. all bad. Like yeah. I, I was ready to be done and and all yeah. that, but like, you know what? Uh, it sounds so corny, but like, 
even like <laughs> at the time it sat like at the time it feels really hard right yeah like oh man college is but it's at like looking back i was like man that was kind of easy mm. or like it wasn't as hard as i i think i thought it was at the time yeah because... when you're in the moment it's I mean, everyone knows, every every student knows that feeling when you're, like, at the end of a semester. You're like, just, I yeah. just want it to be over. Yes, um, that's true. But I also don't think, and maybe this, I don't know, that's, that's probably not, I don't I don't remember. I'm probably misremembering, because I remember I used to work really late nights on stuff. And mm-hmm. there was, like, all-nighters and stuff. I don't do that now. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say like I'm I work so many hours during the week. I, I was gonna say I don't think I studied that much like compared, but between classes and then like working a job and then having to study, and I was commuting like a lot, right? Because I would commute from home to, it was like a twenty mile trip each yeah. way. I would come home every day. Yeah. So I guess if you, yeah, I guess I was busy. I'm probably, uh, yeah. Not glamorizing, but only remembering the good parts right now. <laughs> I'm glad to be yeah. done. I'm glad to be done. Yeah. For sure. Well, hey, I'm glad there were good parts. Yeah. Uh, there were some. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple. So, so anyway, um, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there, you have other points to bring up, but. No, I, I think. We were talking yeah. about sort of the entry points and. You, you mentioned this all the way back at the beginning of the conversation. Mm-hmm. What Knowing what maybe what your proclivity is or what, yes. to, what, to, what direction to go initially. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that is um, if someone's struggling with that, chances are they haven't taken they haven't been doing it very much. Like they haven't got very far yet. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause that seems to be something that, um, becomes fairly obvious and I, I could be wrong. Um, so the path and you and I are a little different in this area too, because I think you're more of a back end guy and I'm still, I still, um, like the design mm-hmm. stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting more into back end stuff, but mm-hmm. Um, my my entry point in was definitely web design. I did freelance for about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and I and I did projects for people and stuff. And I remember that feeling. There's another uh, there's another movie reference, but <laughs> Schindler's List, which is not. I feel like this uh, is gonna be a dark reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a dark reference. It's okay. actually one of the kind of the lighter parts of the movie. But he's okay. talking to. Uh, the main guy, Oscar Schindler, he's talking to, uh, I think it's the Ben Kingsley character, and he says, mm-hmm. you know, I'm good at, uh, it's not the work. I'm not good at the work. I'm good, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the presentation. The presentation mm-hmm. is, and, and there's, I, I, only, I only bring that line up because there's something about um, when you make, when you create something and you show it to someone, Mm-hmm. And it's that 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 response that they get from the from the mm-hmm. actual you know seeing it seeing it the front end of it right um, and interacting with it and um, something about that appeals to me and still appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think there's a totally different side 
to a lot of people who like yourself, I think, who like the nuts and bolts. They like being yeah. behind the scenes and sort of um getting getting stuff to work. Getting yeah, getting yeah, complex yeah. stuff to work. Like there's something that about that. Yeah. That, um and I get both sides, but definitely like for me the 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 front end side of it appeals to me and i and i think you kind of know that right pretty pretty early on sure um, yeah 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 what what was your experience early on cuz i know you built websites too yeah no i definitely prefer like well you know gosh I'll, you know how i got into doing any kind of web work was um i was actually working at UCSD in the chemistry and biochemistry computing facility and we used to support um you know the faculty so the professors and stuff we would we would work with them uh and doing what they needed so like i was doing a whole bunch of different things at the time i was building like streaming gosh we actually had a, a professor who wanted to stream videos to his class on his website so we had to buy a mat we, what was it called there was a mac server at the time i forget what they're called they were like giant like one u two u that's the that's the height mm -hmm. of a rack server like mm -hmm. really long uh, XServe, they were called XServe, and they would go on a rack and like they could serve out QuickTime videos because there was no YouTube like we were talking about, and having video on the web was like really fancy, like <laughs> so we bought like this multi-thousand-dollar machine just dedicated towards that so he could like stream his little videos to his class. It was nuts. Wow. Anyway, um, the reason I got into web stuff at all was because one of the professors was like, I need a website. I don't know how to do it. And I didn't know how to do it either. And I was just like, all right, I'll do it for you. <laughs> so I like I down we got like Dreamweaver or something. So I was like editing the HTML and doing that. And that's how I got started on it. Mm -hmm. Um and it's honestly doing the web part of it has never ever been my favorite thing. I very much preferred like programming the systems on the back end. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the nuts and bolts. Um like like doing things like a large scale, like working with databases. And like, I prefer that uh, every day of the week. I would totally like all, you know, have somebody else do the front end and plug it in uh, or like, you know, make the API calls and do the communication. I could, I think I would be fine if I actually never was required to do a front end thing again. Hmm. Hmm. So, um, but cause this, the other part of it is that other people are better at it than I am. Cause it's like you said, it's like, you know, like your proclivity towards something. Some people just, you feel it, right? Like, you yeah. know, like, I, I really enjoy this. Well, the the other thing about front end is this, the subjective reality of it, too, where it's like you can do something that's really good and somebody might really like it and somebody else might not. Mm -hmm. um, and that can get really frustrating. If you have, uh, especially if there's people that are, uh overseeing what you do and that like you're trying to figure out what they like you know mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. like it's it's subjective it can be subjective yeah uh and that can be frustrating so if you're doing back end work mm -hmm. you kind of eliminate a lot of that because if, if something works like how are they going to argue with you know it works the code's efficient it's well written like what what is there to well there could be there could definitely be yeah if, I, I if mean, the code is efficient and well written, yeah, but there can always be disagreements on how things are built. Yeah, sure, but but it's not. I, I would say it's. I would say it's less subjective for yeah. sure because you can prove, 
like how well something works, like in, like the amount of space something takes to work or time it takes right. to work. Right. Those things are, you know, there are objective. objective right? Yeah. If someone's like, I don't like this interface, but they can't tell you why other than, oh, this isn't right. I don't like it. It's like, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess on the back end, somebody could come along and say, well, you could have you could have written it this way and saved yeah. saved more space or whatever. But um, but those are things that you actually try to hash out, like especially if you're on a team, it's like you are looking for that best solution. Right. And that's the other thing, because you talk about people who want to do a good job and you know do the find the best possible way. Like usually if you're on a good team, it isn't about, oh, well, I solved this, so I, I want to keep it. If somebody does have a better solution to something you came up with, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Let's go with that. And that kind of, like you said, I don't think that really applies as much on the on the front end side. The front end side can definitely have a bit, you know, there's maybe more of an art to it, I guess. Because mm -hmm. um, you're talking about like user interface, user experience and design and all that. And there's no science to that, I don't think. I mean, there's right. some principles around it right? in terms of usability, but it's not. Well, there are. I think there are some. I, I've heard that like sites like Amazon and and companies with these really massive websites mm -hmm. that are used on a massive scale have actually done huge amounts of research as to what's, you know, what the best kind of interfaces are. Yeah. So so there is, I mean, when you're getting to that level, I think there is some scientific, I, I don't know if I'd say scientific, but there's some. Yes. And I've read about that. And I don't even know what you call that. There's a, I don't know if it's a field or. It's like, well, part of it is, you know, you're talking about like A-B testing is part of it to see what's more efficient, right? Or like what mm. people respond to more. Yeah. And it's like you can test your way to a design that's like this is the most efficient, you know, or like the most usable design. But but then, you know, we talked about this last week, how you can feel the difference between Microsoft and, and Apple's products. So let's take Google and like let's take Android because that's what they're responsible for. And they probably do that kind of testing on Android. I know they do that kind of testing on like their web stuff. And do you like using it? I don't think you have Android, but for me, mm -hmm. the answer is no. So mm -hmm. you can and it's almost like that almost actually, feels like I do a, actually have Android. My, my work phone's Android. But. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's fine. It's you can you can test your way to a result, and then you can say, "Well, the testing says this." Mm. Uh, it's almost like a way of removing. Uh, I don't know if responsibility is the word, but like, it's it's a very like computer nerd approach to design. Whereas like whereas I think like there's an art to it, and there's like a there there can be an artistic bent to it. Mm -hmm. Because you're talking about the feel of something, and yeah, just we because kind of something on that, yeah, yeah, we on that last week with the Apple, yeah. So I think and, you can you can take that approach where you're trying to approach it from like a pure numbers and you know whatever sense, yeah. And I think that I think you're kind of missing something there because <laughs> I don't think a, that kind of testing gets you to like excellent excellence necessarily maybe it maybe it takes you to the lowest common denominator yeah maybe oh you know? and it gets the most clicks or right exactly because yeah. that's kind of how they optimize their stuff mm -hmm. so i it's think good, it's a good point i i really think that there is a human like 
like I said, there are principles in terms of, you know, design, user interface design, but I also think that there's an art and a craft to it that is not, um, you know, possible to completely discover with like programming or whatever. Because if that's true, there would be a way to do it. And we've mm-hmm. seen so many different interfaces and styles of interfaces over the years. Even like where to put menus. Should they be across the top of a website? Should they be on the left-hand side of a website? It's like right. trends right. That, like have changed over the years. And that's like one of the most basic things. There's no there's no right way to do it necessarily. Right. Um, and I just, for me, you're talking about the front end again. I just know there's people who do it way better than I do. And I've done, mm-hmm. like, you know, plenty of web dashboards. And it's just, I've never felt in my in my element there, I guess I, I definitely prefer like the back end and dealing. Yeah. With well, you just mentioned one other thing that front end guys have to deal with, and that is trends, uh, which yes. you don't necessarily deal with in the back end. Trends are very annoying to me, just a general mm-hmm. societal trend. I've always been like, even when I was like in elementary school, I just I mm-hmm. couldn't stand fads and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because yeah. you you can't yeah. win, like you can't keep up. Yeah. And you know, the minute you, you start following a trend, it's right. it's pat it's passe. Right. Um so yeah, on the back end it's like you're you just you don't deal with any of that really. That I can I I don't think, well, right? It, I don't think it's as bad as the front end, especially with like yeah, I it's I think it's harder to be trendy on the back end because of like you said, you're talking about like data, yeah, and it's like so many very for... like fairly objective stuff. And there's like there's a couple languages on the back end that I think they've probably persisted for a while. Like there was a period where Node.js was like the hot thing, and everybody wants Node, and, and it's still popular, but it's not like what the front end has gone through with, you know, like with the Angular and the React and Vue and. Yeah, and then there was like yeah. J- jQuery before all that, and right, it, it changed. And you know what? Probably a uh, that was probably a side effect of how it went from nothing to really important over the time of a couple of years. Because I, I think things have kind of settled a little bit on React. That's what I was just gonna say. Is uh, like if you're someone who's you know, buying into the idea because you hear a lot of reacts like the next thing and it's going to be, yeah. I mean, the past being the next thing, but it, it's like the hot thing, we'll say. Yeah. It's the hot thing. Um, I, I would say definitely learn vanilla JavaScript before you learn anything because, yeah, you can you learn React easily once you do. And then, you know, if React does ever fade out of style and you, you still have the framework or the ground, the groundwork to, them to the, whatever the next big thing is so mm-hmm. don't get caught up in the hype of learning the the framework learn the actual language first but yeah for sure um that said it does kind of feel to me at the moment like react has won quote unquote and i oh, think yeah? it would take yeah kind of like there was a period where it was like angular and then view came out or like it was like angular and then react and then there was one called Vue. Mm-hmm. That ever said like, oh, Vue's gonna take over React, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everybody still kind of wants React, so I feel like it's that's a safe one to to learn and get good at, because mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be around a while. 
Facebook um, again, man. They yeah, just, Facebook. They yeah, took it's over a the shame. world. It's a shame. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? Like we didn't even get to. Uh, there was a couple of things I wanted to. I was hoping to get into today that we didn't like because I think this kind of relates to like the whole education topic. Um, mm. Because like it is easier to like we talk about boot camps and and breaking into the industry. It is easier to break into the industry. I think at that level where you where you are doing web apps, either front end or back end. Yeah. Versus it's I think it is harder to get into things like the graphics programming and operate like programming for operating systems. Yeah. And I'm 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 like almost like this is almost a topic. Like we could do a show on this. There's a show. That's a show and all that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like. Is I, I'm worried about like the quality of programmers that uh, universities are actually going to be turning out, and what is that going to mean for these companies that do need to maintain these very complex pieces of software like operating systems and 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 whatnot? Because mm-hmm. even from what I've heard, is that like like at UCSD that the curriculum has changed since I was there to be like kind of a little dumbed down mm. uh, and like starting people off with easier things. Cause they kind of threw us in the deep end of the pool when I started there, um, you know, learning I, I, probably even at the time, I'll bet you at the time they thought what I was learning was dumb or like they shouldn't start with that. So they started us with Java and then they moved us pretty quickly into C and C plus plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Java is like, you know, because Java's not compiled, it's got a virtual machine that it runs on. Um, and that was probably really fancy for the time. Whereas the C, like if you're doing C or C, it's a compiled language, compiles to assembly, and like you can get the, you know, the assembly objects out or whatever object files after you compile them and then they get linked and all that stuff. And that's very like classic, fundamental programming and i'm sure there was a time where somebody thought oh that c stuff is nonsense just programming assembly why do you need all that so it, it all goes everything is probably nonsense to the next generation but anyway <laughs> what i was going to say was i've heard that they start you on like python now which i think is a bad idea if you're doing like a classic four year thing where you really want to learn computers i don't know why you would start with that hmm. it's like it's like uh it's like somebody learning to be how, how do i put this i want to be an f1 racer or something like that and i'm gonna learn on an automatic i'm gonna learn how to drive an automatic it's like well mm-hmm. you're gonna get introduced to this next level of using a clutch at the very you know not to mention like these supercars but like you're gonna think hey i know how to drive and then you'll be like okay here's this next thing we're gonna throw a clutch at you and you're like yeah i don't want to do this like <laughs> I thought I had learned this already. Now I'm like feel like I'm starting over because right. it's like I have to coordinate. I think you start them where it's tough almost. And it's so like, you're back to yeah. So you're back to square one. So you're arguing for the laying the foundation. No, uh, depending on what you want to do. Okay. So I think it, I think if you want to be doing like systems programming, and again mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. I was just saying mm-hmm. I'm saying if, if that kind of knowledge disappears from the universities. Like if that becomes right. a place where you, where it's not right, like right, right. groundwork, that's what where happens? It should be right, yeah. right. So like, what happens to the companies that like you could be having graduates coming out and they've like never even seen this stuff. Uh, so yeah. I guess that was because I've seen, I've seen signs of like on Twitter and 
just online in general that like I feel like it's going like the the attitudes around what you need to know have been going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I see a lot of like older programmers, guys older than me, like kind of outraged and like, what is going on here? Like, why are these the attitudes that programmers seem to have these days? Like, mm-hmm. and again, that, that could be a, a whole different show. I thought we might actually get into that today because it relates yeah. to education, but, right. um, that's kind of what I thought we would get into, but like but I said, uh, yeah, like there's just so much we could cover. Yeah, with this. Um, future episode, we'll do that. Yeah, I think maybe that could be a future episode, maybe maybe next year or something in version three of, <laughs> of the Wild right. Oak. But I think in terms of yeah, in terms of breaking in to the industry, I think you know we've covered there's a lot of different ways to do it these days. There's a lot of opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not; it's definitely not limited to uh, needing to get a degree. That's one way to do it, and it's maybe more advantageous for certain directions. Um, <clears throat> for like web stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I I don't think it's needed necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. I, it all comes down to the the amount of work you're willing to put in and how good you're willing like you want to get and like are you willing to do the work it takes to get really good because if you're really good and you can get into that interview stage you're going to be able to get the job um they're not going to be like hey you know all your stuff but you don't have that piece of paper so we're not going to hire you it's like so many of the best programmers just they don't they don't have degrees yeah um so it's not it's not a requirement yeah and the, and there's a there's a lot of paths like we mentioned so you want to get into back end you know you can start like you said it's it's easier probably to get in with web web apps and stuff so you know you can get in that way mm-hmm. and you know there's going to be other opportunities that open up for you if you do a good job where you're at by the same token you can even you know if you have a, an IT department or whatever or there's system admins or there's um just general IT jobs you could get into, you know, to mm-hmm. get a foot in the door. And then, you know, that's that's always an option, right? You don't have to just, yeah. you know, have your, your be myopic as to exactly the job you want, the dream job. Because a lot of times right. the dream job, it's a few steps down the line, you know. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. last thing I was going to say is just, <clears throat> not to sound cheesy, but like, it it really all comes down to perseverance like anything else. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and it can, it can feel, I know from my experience it was like, it felt for a, a while that like nothing was happening. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the job I got now, I, I actually interviewed um, five times before I got it, you know, before I finally yeah. got, got yeah. it. Um, and it felt like, you know, I wasn't making progress, but I was, you know, they were people, the, my employers were seeing stuff that they liked it just you know the timing wasn't right or whatever and you know that that applies to in life in general but um if it's like the the moral of the story the long story short is like there's so many opportunities and if you persevere you will succeed but obviously the only way you will fail is if you quit so Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's obvious that's obvious stuff but it's arguably the most important thing is just you know, persevere, uh, don't get discouraged, and uh, doors will open. Yeah, uh, for sure. 
and I, I, I think that's the, the most important thing. Um, so hopefully people made it to the end and heard yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think that's the most important thing. It's just like if you know what you want to do, just keep working towards it and like don't give up. And uh, I, you know, I, I think it's possible, thankfully, to get into this industry, um, in in many different ways. Like we talked about lawyers and doctors. I think it'd be a lot harder. You can't just become your own lawyer. Yeah. By you know reading the books necessarily. Right. But so, it's a equally rewarding career. I mean, it's it's a professional career, yeah, and yep. you can. There's really no limit to how much you can learn, how good you can get. I mean, there's you, there's unlimited growth opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so for it's a, sure, it's a good field. It's a good field. Yeah. So I think I think that uh, gosh, there's so much more we could say. Um, I think we could talk for hours on this uh, in many different directions. But I think for now, that covers it. So. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm Jared Moranti. And I'm Justin Moranti. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll have a part two at some point. But, yeah. Uh, thanks think, for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it makes sense. I think we have a lot more we can say uh, on yeah. the topics. But. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks again, folks, and we will see you soon. All right. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to The Wild Loop. And if you would like to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell anyone you know that loves tech to subscribe as well. The Wild Loop is available just about anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and I- <laughs> Period. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Breaking into the industry this week on the Wild Loop. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry yeah, I just you found myself getting really weary. Breaking yeah. into the industry. <laughs> <laughs>